Hello, folks. Welcome. It's another edition of Hitting the High Notes. We're a Utah Jazz podcast, and I'm joined today uh, by my co-host. It is Jared Barker. Jared, what's up, man? Oh, nothing much, man. We're just hitting high, high notes for a living. That's that's how we do here. Uh, uh, Folks, uh, thank you for listening. We've we've been out here for a couple months doing this podcast. Uh, We are an unwrapped uh, partner podcast. Uh, Also, you're probably listening on Spotify or Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts. I got to tell you guys, there's a brand new app called PodCoin. That's P-O-D-C-O-I-N, PodCoin. It's the podcast player that pays. So uh, our podcast is on it. What you can do is go onto PodCoin, download the PodCoin app, excuse me, find Hitting the High Notes, and you can listen to our podcast on that podcast player. Why do I tell you this? Because I've, I've started doing this with my podcast. I listen to it, and every minute I listen, I get points. And I can use those points to uh, get gift cards, prizes, like a Kindles or headphones. So what you should do is download, uh, download the PodCoin app. Use my code. It is WhoTitem. I don't know why that's my code, but that is the code. It's a H-U-U-T-I-T-U-M. That's H-U-U-T-I-T-U-M. You'll start off with 150 pod coins. I'll get 150 pod coins. We all win. And uh, just get get paid to listen to this podcast. So go ahead. T- take a second. You know, Get off whatever uh, podcast platform you're on right now and go to PodCoin and listen to us there. Uh, does that sound good, Jared? PodCoin? Like Bitcoin? Wow, that's wild. Yeah, I think, I think um, uh, you, should, uh, you should yourself get on and, um, uh, and, and listen to us on PodCoin. Mm-mm. I'll check it out. Sounds interesting. All right, so now that that's done, let's uh, let's get to the podcast. So uh, today uh, we're going to talk a little bit because we just got done talking with Porter uh, Larson of East Ken Seven Hundred on our last podcast, and he talked about the Jazz free agent options. It's probably going to have to come through the trade market. Uh, how do you, how do you feel about that? Well, um, I mean. I know one thing I don't want to happen. Do you know what that is? Well, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But um, uh, how do you feel about the Jazz free agents' um, uh, options this year? Because it looks like Tobias Harris might go back to Philadelphia because uh, they could offer him an extra year and 40-ish extra million. Campbell yeah. Walker is available for the Supermax now extension. And that's like $80 million he would have to uh, give up to test the free agent market. So... And even if they do test the free agent market, like looking at the odds uh, that they have out, Utah's not even one of the top like ten odds odd getters for Kemba Walker. Uh, they're number six. They're sixth best team to get Tobias Harris odds wise. Uh, set by you, you know, really the were behind the Kings in those odds. What the heck, man? Well, hey, the, the Kings are up and coming. Number one. Uh, number two. I can believe it because I don't know what. We're a Harris playoff is. team. We're a freaking playoff team. Yeah, and and look, I, I've said all year long that the Jazz's best chance to get a free agent is the combination of Donovan and Rudy being you know young and and up and coming. We have a uh, a very powerful, not powerful. We have a very uh, solid front office. Let's say that uh, with Zanuck and Lindsey. But, you know, there are other things that come into play. Like, you know, Utah is going to have a hard time getting free agents sometimes because of our location. Maybe, maybe Tobias Harris likes 
uh, California more than Utah. I don't I don't know what Tobias Harris wants personally, but there are some people out there who are putting their boots to the ground to find out what Tobias Harris is looking for. So I'm not totally surprised that Sacramento's in front of us, but in front of the Utah Jazz, I mean. But you know, it is what it is. So, uh, so some some news that came out from Woj uh, yesterday or a couple days ago, depending on when you're listening to this is that uh, the Houston Rockets are pretty much having a fire sale <laughs> on every player they have, uh, except for James Harden, I bet. So uh, it's interesting because, you know, uh, there are some players that are on the Rockets that the Jazz might be interested in trading for. Uh, really? I, I think favorites would be Eric Gordon, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. We could, we could use Capella as a backup. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I'm totally kidding. Talk about having <laughs> talk about having all that money, right? No interest in Clint Capella. Oh, so um, low uh, budget. Rudy. I mean, Eric Gordon has a year left on his contract. Maybe the Jazz can get him. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's it, uh, honestly, he he was like their best player for long stretches of the playoffs. So yeah, oh yeah. Getting rid of it seems like a mistake, but well, I mean, you know, when you're so let's look at it from the Rockets' point of view right now. They are, you know, way over the salary cap. They're they've been paying the luxury tax for a couple of years. Their window to win a championship was these last two years. I'm pretty and sure it slammed that, Yeah, it, it it probably is, and so you trying know, to rebuild fly. They can run it back, but it looks like they're on the downslope, uh, yeah. and you don't want to pay. You know, huge luxury tax penalties. Uh, if you're not going to be, you know, in a championship contending, you're not going to be a championship contending team. Not just a playoff contending, a championship contending team, a legit threat. Yeah. Uh, and I guess, I mean, they would be hard pressed to not get rid of some of these contracts. And Eric Gordon might be one of those casualties. And now I'm not saying that they're going to give him away. Uh, I, yeah, probably... they're looking for assets because they they want they want to they don't want to do a, a full rebuild. They're looking for like a soft reset. Assets. Yeah, I mean, uh, they 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 need to find some uh, excuse me they they need to find some uh, players and assets that helps uh, them in the near future, but also helps them build up their long term. Uh, status yeah, because Moray loves to trade. Yeah. So uh so Eric Gordon might be one of those guys. Uh his name was out has been out there in the trade uh rumor mill. Uh Clint Capella's out there, another guy. Uh and another one that uh Jared and I are gonna talk about right now, uh Chris Paul is out there. Now uh as I, I so later in the show I talked with Joel, uh, Joe Molinax of uh, SB Nation's Grizzly Bear Blues, and we talked about some trades uh, there too. Uh, but Chris Paul is on the uh, is a point guard that maybe he fits the Jazz timeline. And Jared, I think you're not on board with this at all. Well, do you love flopping? Do you love complaining? Do you love some guy that used to get schooled by Darren Williams? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, let's, do you let's be love that contract? Forty million a year for uh for a very poor man's John Stockton. 
Darren Williams is, uh, you know, no longer in the league, and Chris Paul still is, and so. Um, yeah, but like I said, he's a very uh, poor a, man's John Stockton. I I love Darren. Darren Williams is probably one of my top three favorite jazz players. You know, so. Um, eh. Let's not get this twisted here. Right? He probably doesn't cap the top cap, but well, he doesn't creep into my top three, but. Uh yeah he's like, like I I like, I have such great memories when he was playing for the Jazz so um, yeah. I'm a Darren yeah, Williams. Yeah AK and Memo both above him. Uh yeah no I still have Darren uh, top three but uh, that's another discussion for another time so <laughs> yeah. uh so yeah you mentioned Chris Paul's contract I, I I get that that's an albatross of a contract but uh I mean wh- where did you think Chris Paul ended the year uh, as point like. Do you think he's a top 12 point guard still at the end of the year? Top uh, 12, sure, but I'd say um, I, I I don't know. I might I might have trouble finding him in the top five. I don't. I'm trying to. Decide. Oh, well, I get definitely definitely not top five, but he's he's kind of in that eight to 12 range. Well, he's, he was definitely better than Rubio, but for that money, man, right, Sheesh. right. Uh, and the problem is, I mean, with Rudy being super max eligible on that Chris Paul contract, you're, let's see, what did he sign, a four-year extension or a five? Full five-year year. What? Oh, four-year? Chris Paul's contract will, his player option is in 2021-2022. Okay, so 21-22, so we're in 19-20, we're going to 19-20, so we got 19-20. So yeah, you're oh, gonna have one the, year of Chris, a really Chris bad Paul's, luxury tax. Yeah. Oof. Chris Paul's player option will hit right when Donovan's and uh, Rudy Gobert's contracts start. All right, I, I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. But Chris Paul is still like, I get it. He's he has he wasn't healthy last year, and he did lose a step. Like he has lost a step. Oh yeah. However, it, that was very apparent, and was it was rough. But. Even like Chris Paul losing a step, he still, again, he ended probably, with the playoffs included, ended probably as a top 10 ish point guard in that yeah, area. Yeah, he probably does elevate the Jazz's ceiling. The problem is, does he really fit the Jazz culture? I don't know about that. I mean, okay, so if, if, we're, if we're just going to look for guys who are only Jazz culture players, we're limiting, we're, we've already talked about how our location and, you know, our state culture. Yeah, but is he even gonna? If he's, is he even gonna uh, be accept to play here or whatever? I mean, he could just play play the holdout game or whatnot. I don't know. I don't. I don't know, man. I just don't know. I mean, these are a lot of like hypotheticals we're throwing out that don't have anything to do with Chris Paul's game. You know, like yeah, that's yeah, true. Maybe he, he would elevate the Jazz to yeah. potentially contender status. I would agree. Right, it would come with some pain uh, on the back end, but that, I mean, yeah, he could definitely help the Jazz. He can shoot. He can defend. And, and we just talked about how it's uh, like he'll probably pick up, you know, he's most likely at the age of 36. He's probably picking up, picking up that player option. So right. that last year of his contract, uh, that last year of his contract it does hit at the wrong time. How, let, let's say he, we, we get three solid years out of Chris Paul. But I don't know what we, what we would give them for him, though. What would they want from us? Well, we... well, 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 let's, let, let, we'll get into that. 
Mm. But you know, we're, we're still arguing the semantics of if Chris yeah. Paul would make us better. You know, like because I think you would. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I think he would. I think it's pretty clear that he would. I mean, he can shoot. He can. We talked about with Porter Larson, like how he said the window for the Jazz is the next two years before the money gets outrageous, right? And if you do plan, I I mean, I know Porter doesn't think the Jazz will give. My personal thought, like right now, is if the Jazz had to pick, they would give Rudy Supermax. Well, we still have a little bit of time before that decision is made, but. Right. As of right now, I think you know the odds are Rudy Gobert gets the Gobert. Excuse me, Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Why are you saying Gobert? No, Gobert is the correct. But the... did you not see that Kendrick Perkins video? Oh, oh yeah, that's true. He did say Gobert. <laughs> yeah, oh Gobert. Oh man, that was freaking great though. Like he was apologizing to jazz fans. You're like, oh man, Perk. We love you for that. Like, oh, like, like, like we slattered him so hard. He was like, "I'm sorry." Uh-huh. <laughs> like, but, like, I, so, he was he was a real stand up guy for doing that. It's like, oh man, people never show us respect after we slatter them on Twitter. They hate us after that. Uh, <laughs> so uh, back to the task at hand. Um, okay, let's say we get two good years out of Chris Paul's contract, and so he hasn't tanked his trade value. Uh, 2022 hits. We have Gobert's contract. We have Chris Paul's contract. We have Donovan Mitchell's contract. Uh, maybe we maybe we won a championship. Maybe we haven't. Let's, let's say we haven't, but we've gotten close. But oh, not, man. like you can either keep Chris Paul and try one more year to do it, or you say, hey, Sacramento, who probably has cap space for some reason, Sacramento, <laughs> um, uh, take Chris Paul for hands. And we will throw two unprotected first round picks at you. Or we have, like, I don't know, maybe Grayson Allen blows up and he's a young, some stud. No, no, no. No, we're thinking Sacramento gets stupid again. And we trade, we trade Chris Paul for Fox. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, like, like, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? De'Aaron Fox, Donovan Mitchell. I mean, you're worried about a contract that's. In three years, it's going to be a real. I mean, it's it's yeah. going to be hard for the Jazz, regardless. But the yeah. Jazz have cap space right now, yeah. And a problem three years later can be fixed three years later. It may not be the best fix, but there are fixes for it. No, I agree. But the problem is, you you know how it is here. What are you going to replace Chris Paul with? That again, that's three years. We're just talking about the two-year window that Chris Paul. Yeah. Gave. Yeah. Uh, like I, I, you know, no, we're we're not even sure about that. You mentioned his health. How, are we I, sure we're gonna get a Chris Paul that can play fifty games a year? <laughs> I, I, I understand that's a risk, but yeah. you know, sometimes in the game of basketball, you gotta take a risk. Uh, yeah, I mean, he he might get hurt, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's awful. But yeah. at least, I mean, if, if the Jazz did nothing this offseason. Right. Didn't get Chris Paul. Didn't get Conley. Didn't get Tobias Harris or Kemba Walker. What's really worse? Uh, you know, I don't. I don't think that. The th- here, that's the thing. I don't think we're gonna do nothing. Um, and here's here's what I think is actually gonna happen, though. Are Are we ready to transition into something yeah. like that? Here's what I think is actually gonna happen. I think we are gonna whiff on the big name free agents. I think we're right. gonna have to do something via trade. Um. But I do think that we have the potential to sign a couple of, you know, solid role player types. Like I don't know, 
maybe we somehow figure out a way to I, I can't remember if Wayne, Wayne Ellington signed an extension with Detroit or not, but you know, we find like maybe like another shooter because who knows if Corver's going to retire or not. And then, uh, you know, we find a couple of nice players that would help really fill some holes in the overall Jazz game. Because let's face it, there are some holes. You know, we had shooting woes, especially in the playoffs and all kinds of stuff. So we do that. And then, you know, we guarantee favors to make him part of a trade, I guess. I mean, because that's the only way I can really see us making a move. I, I honestly, uh, I don't want to give that, it up, but, you know, it is what it is. That's but, basically what the Jazz have tried to do the last five years with favors, like sign him and get, look, look to trade him somewhere down the line. So, uh, oh, I, well, here's the uh, thing. I, I, I've been talking to almost every guest about how, and I use this analogy with, uh, did I say with Porter or with Dan? I can't remember. But how there are more ways to make an omelet, you know, there, there are different ways to crack an egg. Yeah, I think that's something um, you said to do. And that, you know, th- there is a way to, you know, go out and spend the money that you have or the assets that you have and acquire, you know, guys that are a little bit off the radar. Yeah. However, you know, this is, you know, before Donovan's extension, before Rudy's Supermax extension comes up, this season, this offseason is important because, I mean, next offseason, the Jazz could run it back again, do exactly what they did, save that money for next year. But the free agent class is going to be a lot worse than it is this year. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so, I mean, it, it, that's not an awful way to do it. It would be one of those, if it happened, I would try to preach patience. Like, hey, let's wait until three months into the season to see if these moves work because on paper, it doesn't look as good as going to get, you know, one of these top guys. So, right. uh, and one of the top guys that, which I think is kind of weird, uh, the Jazz fans have soured on him so quickly is Mike Conley. That guy, that well, guy who was, people loved him at the trade deadline. And yeah. now, you know, they're coming out with, oh, he's too old. He's, his contract's too much. And um, I, I think, they loved him so much because we were at the end of the year and it's like, oh, he could really help our playoff run. And that's like, that's where everybody's minds were at. Like, that's what's going to happen. Mike Conley's going to come here and we'll blow everybody away in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And now it's like, oh, wait a minute. What if Mike Conley is old? And what if he does get hurt? And what if all these things happen? And so it's like, you have all these variables that people are thinking about now because they're not thinking about instant gratification because you got a whole off season to, to wait. <laughs> so, well, it's, it's, so people are, are, are that, not worried about the here and now and they're worried about oh no what could happen. So it's yeah, a good thing that uh, Justin and uh, Dennis are good at looking long term as support as opposed to you know only two months ahead. Then um, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll say I'm on board to get a colony trade depending on what it costs and so. Uh, that's why I reached out to Joe Molinax, and uh, I'm going to play that uh, interview for you guys right now. Um, but before I do that, uh, today was game one of the Raptors and Warriors uh, finals. And can I tell you what I did today, Jared, while I was watching? Oh, yeah, do it. I 
played uh, I, I played on an app called Yamble. It's like Gamble, but with a with a Y. Yamble. Um, uh, and so with Yamble, you get to play while you're watching. And what does that mean? Uh, their app takes uh, like little prop bets during the game. You can say, "Oh, will Kawhi Leonard score four points the rest of the quarter?" And you can you know gamble some points. The app is completely free. It's free and uh, they give the winners of each half today thirty bucks, uh, really? and I I don't know if he won, but yeah, somebody named Jazz, Jazz Nation Twenty uh, was in the lead for most of it. I, I don't know if he won or not, but uh, and I, I I got in. I didn't do very well in the uh, in the public game, but we had a private game for the unwrapped sports members, and I got third place. So it's pretty cool. So download Yamble uh, Y A M B L E. Uh, it's on the it's on, it's on both the the iTunes Store and Google uh, uh, App Store, and turn your viewing into winning. Download Yamble, so it's pretty fun. You should play uh, with us next time, Jared. Yeah, I'll check it out. So download Yamble and play uh, in Game Two of the NBA Finals. All right, and so uh, I'm gonna start the interview with Joe Molinax right now of uh, SB Nation's Grizzly Bear Blues. Uh, we use some new technology. There might be some sound issues on Joe's uh, end. Uh, I apologize, but I think you should be able to get the most of it. All right, folks, and uh, here on Hitting the High Notes, uh, I want to welcome in Joe Molinax. He is the site manager of Estimations. He's uh, Grizzly Bear Blues. He's also the host of Grizzly, Grizzly Bear Blues Live on SB Nation, uh, the SB Nation podcast network. Joe, how are you? I'm doing well, man. Thank you for having me on. Oh, thanks for coming on. I always appreciate uh, this. is This is a brand new podcast. I've only been doing this for about three months now. So I love when people are like, hey, let's talk because that's what's just fun to talk about, you know? Oh, definitely. I understand that completely. And more and more folks, you know, because of technology, it's amazing how many people are able to express their fandom in this manner. So I'm yeah. all for it and I'm happy to be on. And, and, and Joe is even introducing me to a, a new um, uh, conference call technology here so we're, we're doing this on a, a brand new thing here so it's awesome uh so let's talk grizzlies grizzlies basketball you, you know you're, you're a big uh, are you a big grizzlies fan i assume the way that i started out being a grizzlies fan is when we moved to memphis and we were researching fan things to do in the city you know trying to familiarize ourselves and i found the grizzlies during their run with against the spurs and they're the eighth seed and they upset the spurs and they're the one seed and then they pushed the Thunder with Durant and Westbrook and uh, Harden to the brink of elimination. And you know, I kind of fell in love with the way they played the game. And I've been, you know, doing this stuff with GrizzlyBearBlues.com for uh, oh, goodness almost eight years now. And I've been the site manager for over three years over at GBB. It's it's been a crazy ride. I've gotten to do things I never thought I'd get to do in sports. And uh, it's all thanks to SB Nation and the Memphis Grizzlies. Who would have thought? Yeah, awesome, man. That's great because um, you have the grand house, you know. So oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, you know, so it hasn't been that great for Grizzly fans in the past couple of years, but it looks like that might change. And I'll be honest, as a Jazz fan, I don't know if I should be that excited that Memphis <laughs> got the number two pick because uh, I, I like Memphis. I never have a problem. I, they're, they are a tough team to play, even when the Jazz who are – you know, a, a three-year playoff team playing the Grizzlies. Even this year, every game it was like the. I think the Grizzlies won three out of four this year against the Jazz. 
Um, and if the Grizzlies are a hard team to play, and they're about to get harder because they have the number two pick now. Um, what are your thoughts? What do you think the number two, uh, the Grizzlies are going to do with that number two pick? Well, it could be worse. I mean, imagine being any team in the Southwest Division. You've got Houston as a title contender. You've got the Spurs, who have Greg Popovich still. You've got, uh, obviously, the Dallas Mavericks with Luka Doncic and Christoph Porzingis now. You've got the Grizzlies, who have Cameron Jackson Jr., all first-team all-NBA rookie player. And obviously, the Pelicans are about to get Zion Williamson, so... The Southwest Division just gets more and more difficult. And historically speaking, even when the Grizzlies were at the peak of their powers, the Southwest Division was pretty uh, pretty powerful. And, and the Grizzlies obviously contributed to that. You're exactly right. The last two years of the draft, the receipt eventually comes due when you mortgage your future on multiple occasions to try to keep that grid and grind era going. Not many people were against it at the time because Zach Randolph, Tony Allen, Marcus All, Mike Conley. You know, all those guys were pretty special together, and I think Memphis was willing to see how far they could take it. But they they, uh, they spent too much in the long run, and, and the past two years have been evidence of that. They held on a little too long, and it's just been a rough couple of, of seasons. But obviously in the NBA, when you're bad, you get opportunities at acquiring talent, and Memphis has lucked out. You know, Darren Jackson Jr. is a great example of that at the fourth overall pick. You know, arguably the, one of the deepest top fives in a draft in a long time, that 2018 draft, all five, all five of those guys that were taken in the top five was pretty darn good. And Jared Jackson Jr. was very successful, of course, on both ends of the floor. And now, moving up six spots after the leveling of the lottery, and Memphis has a chance to take John Morant or R.J. Barrett. Sounds like it's going to be John Morant, an explosive point guard who can create for others and make folks better on the offensive end. You know, his game kind of melts really nicely with Jerry Jackson Jr. So, after, again, after a couple of rough years, it's really good to see Memphis getting a little bit lucky in spots. And with Mike Conley being the only remaining member of that core four group, it's good to understand now that at least there's a future path in place for Memphis to return to postseason relevance again. Right, and, and that's, uh, that is a... Um... I mean, you do have to get lucky in the NBA, and the Grizzlies are set to have two top five picks in a row, and that's that's definitely something. To, I mean, you have a chance to get John Morant or uh, Barrett and pair them with a, a Triple J. So that's 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 not a bad foundation to have uh, going forward here. No, not at all. And they have Dylan Brooks on the roster. They obviously in the Marcus All trade. Got Jonas Valanciunas and DeLon Wright, two guys who aren't necessarily young, but 27 is also not old, and you can't have a team full of a bunch of 20-year-old guys. So right. they have some pieces in place for them to be competitive in the here and now. Probably not a playoff team, but at least they'll be fun to watch. And then in the next couple of seasons, they have the foundation uh, to, to really kind of find themselves, establish a new identity, whatever comes after grit and grind. And it can be built around young players that should, if you play your cards right, be around for almost the next decade in Memphis. So winning the lottery has uh, changed the landscape for the Grizzlies in a lot of ways. And John Morant certainly will uh, be an impact player on that front. Yeah. And so, um, uh, you know, good, good luck to the Grizzlies. That's, um, uh, I mean, it's funny because I had asked them Espionation, Grizzlies Espionation earlier in the season if, 
the Grizzlies wanted to, if they were tanking or if they were just trying to get a pick that was in the 9 to 13, 14 range. And at the time, it, you wanted the, uh, the pick to, to go to the Celtics, like, like four months ago. Sure, and I mean, that was statistically the, the highest probability even sitting there on draft night. But I think the thing that lots of folks underestimated, myself included, was just how much the, the change of percentages in the lottery would discourage tanking. Uh, it was not a foregone conclusion by any stretch of the imagination that the Knicks were going to get the first round or first round pick. Yeah. It worked out that they didn't. They dropped the third. Uh, but it, it really was more impactful than I think people realize. And to me, another important piece of that is understanding that just because it worked out this time doesn't mean that the, the race to convey was a waste of time, if that makes sense. That was still right. the right probable move for the Grizzlies to make. It, it's called a lottery for a reason, you know, and obviously a 6% chance at Zion or a 6.3% chance, whatever it was, that's still a worthwhile chance. And, and obviously they didn't get all the way up to one, but two will certainly do if, if you're a big John Morant fan. Yeah, and so and that's uh, I, I do believe that's uh, the correct way. I mean, you guys, uh, the the Grizzlies, kind of get um, rewarded for not doing a straight tank, I guess. And so, okay, well, um, uh, how are how are you um, feeling about the the NBA Finals here with the Golden State and Toronto? It's fun to watch former Grizzlies, right? I think it's right. cool to see Marcus All in after in the wake of the Mark DeSalle trade from Memphis just a few months ago, getting a chance to play in the finals. And in the first half, you could argue he was the best player on the floor. He and Siakam were, uh, were creating major problems for Golden State. So there's a lot of basketball to be played, but Toronto is making this a series, and Mark DeSalle was a major reason why for that game one, at least in the first half of game one. Uh, oh, it, yeah, it's yeah. fun to watch, you know, and, and I think that one of the fascinating things about Toronto is you have guys like Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Saul, who in the past five years or so have been enrolled in Golden State, obviously prior to the NBA Finals, Mark in Memphis and then Kawhi and Danny with the Spurs. They don't fear Golden State. They know that they're beatable. And you can respect somebody and not fear them. And I think for a team like Toronto, who's never been in the NBA Finals, to have guys that have the level of experience against the Warriors that Green, Leonard, and Gasol has, that's extremely valuable. And I think we're seeing that early on in the series. Yeah. And so, um, uh, yeah, the, uh, you know, the Raptors are playing a lot better than I thought they would. I know it's only game one, but I, I kind of picked the Warriors to, to win this easily. So I'm going to look, I'm going to look like a fool regardless after this, it looks like. So uh, I, I know you said the Southwest division is pretty hard. Can we just say the Western conference is hard because, if you look at the Northwest Division, that's the Jazz, the Thunder, um, the Nuggets, the Blazers, the uh, the Timberwolves. I mean, there there are no easy divisions in the in the West, and it's kind of crazy how it just just keeps getting getting stronger, you know. Well, even Phoenix is going to try to be good. Apparently, you know, there's rumors that yeah, right? they might be in a they might be in on the Mike Conley sweepstakes, and everybody just kind of assumes that Phoenix is going to be bad all the time. Sacramento is vastly improved. So a lot of these squads that, you know, have been bottom feeders, historically speaking, there's nobody in the West, at least according to reports and what they say they're going to do, that's going to be actively trying to lose anymore. So there's not going to be many nights off. And I think that's going to be a dramatic 
impact of the leveling of the lottery as well. Nick will be a a a, a worrisome worrisome tale moving forward. So you know you want to compete, you want to be as good as you can. It doesn't make sense to put a terrible team out there, uh, at least not as much because there's no guarantee. Again, it's not like you have that 25% shot and it's a lock anymore. You know you have pretty good ads, but it doesn't pay to purposely lose or at least put a terrible product out on the floor. And so, uh, yeah, just the West is getting crazier. Um, and let's let's talk to let's talk about. So first of all, I'm going to talk about how angry I am. Uh, I reached out to you about probably a couple of weeks ago uh, to see if we can get together to do this podcast because uh, Mike Conley and Utah, their names started um, uh, surfacing again um, in trade talks or trade rumors, I guess. And but last week my work schedule got all crazy and we weren't able to get together. So we we pushed it to this week when I had some time. And literally today and yesterday, David Locke does a podcast where he talks about the Mike Conley <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, oh man, like seriously, stepping on my thumb. Like David Locke has enough listeners already. Let me have my own stuff, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so let's uh, talk about the Mike Conley sweepstakes here because um, I put a couple of polls up for the Jazz fans and it seems like the two guys that Jazz fans were going after in the offseason, it looks like Tobias Harris and Kemba Walker might not come to Utah. And I had Porter Larson on earlier this week and he talked about how the Jazz are probably going to have to tra- uh, traverse the trade market to get a- another player in for the Jazz. Uh, so, I mean, we talked, the Jazz and the Grizzlies talked about this at the trade deadline, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you- the Jazz were in the mix. I think it was Dante Exum and Derek Favors or Ricky Rubio in a first round pick, which would have been wound up being, uh, 23 overall. Oh, I believe those were roughly the, the, the parameters that were set. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, I, I, I want to get your thoughts on what the rumors were, uh, what the Jazz, uh, we're going to give up and what the Grizzlies wanted. What what do you think the Grizzlies wanted to get in a, in a Mike Conley trade at the trade deadline? I think what they wanted then is what they want now. They wanted a first-round pick. They wanted a young player, and they wanted cap filler. And they were willing to take on not necessarily bad money because Derek Favors is still a pretty good basketball player, but they were willing to take on long-term money or bad money if it was worse than Derek Favors in exchange for getting that young player and that first-round pick. And Dante Exum fit the bill at the time, and the first-round pick of Utah fit the bill at the time. But now, I I don't think Dante Exum has the value that he did four months ago, and I also don't think that you have the same value in terms of a first-round pick moving forward uh, with the Grizzlies. So while Utah probably will still be a player for Mike Conley, I think they're going to have to up their package if they're going to be competitive because soon you're going to have the Miami Heat involved. You're going to have Detroit involved again. And then once free agency begins, if the Lakers strike out on free agents, you could have LeBron James knocking on the Grizzlies door. You could have uh, the New York Knicks if they don't acquire Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, all their dreams of grandeur that they have. If they if they strike out on some of those guys, Mike Conley's available, and he's probably the second best player on the trade market behind Anthony Davis. So uh, I don't see the Jazz potentially having as good of a package now as they did four months ago. 
to be honest with you, I don't really think the Jazz are going to get Mike Conley. I think it's going to be somebody like the Miami Heat or one of those other squads, maybe even the Detroit Pistons who have the 15th overall pick. There's rumors that the Bulls might be interested at seven or or the Phoenix Suns at six. You know, that that would be much more uh, valuable to the Grizzlies at this stage than anything Utah could offer. And so, um, as far as the trade deadline, so Tony Jones of the Athletic said that Derek Favors was not in the package. Uh, that that would have opened up cap space for the Grizzlies because Derek Favors' contract was non guaranteed this year, this season. And so, um, but do you value Derek Favors as a member of the Grizzlies? Do, do you think there's a spot for him on the Grizzlies, or do you think he's just a contract that could have been waived? Uh, it depends. I, again, I don't want to disrespect Derek Favors. I think he's a good basketball player, but the Grizzlies have Jonas Valanciunas now. They have Jaron Jackson Jr., obviously. They have Ivan Rabb on the roster. They have multiple forwards like Chandler Parsons and Kyle Anderson that you can argue should be stretch fours now and not really small forwards as traditional three guys on the perimeter. So they have lots of guys to fill those spots. I'm not sure if Favors really fits the bill anymore. He could be somebody that they just opt out of and get cap room. But at the same time, it's not like Memphis is a major free agent player. Like, I can't make fun of Utah for thinking they have a chance at Kemba Walker or Tobias Harris. You don't. Uh, But I can't make fun of Utah for thinking you do and then say that the Grizzlies could be free agent players because they're not going to do it either. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to be in that mix uh, for either of those guys either if they had cap space. So. To me, it really is kind of a, a thing that Utah's best shot, at least in my opinion, was at the trade deadline, and that opportunity has kind of slipped away, and, and uh, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to have better packages for Mike Conley, at least in theory. Yeah, I, my assumption, and I, I, I don't, this is coming off rumors and everything that I saw, I assumed it was going to be someone like Rubio, whose money was coming off the books, Dante XM or somebody that had some sort of upside and the first round pick, maybe another first round pick. But I think that's where the Jazz, I don't think the Jazz would have balked at Dante XM. I think they would have balked at adding a second unprotected pick somewhere down the line. Uh, obviously, the trade didn't happen. And, uh, and so David Locke talked today about how he thinks that the Grizzlies put the name out there, but only if they were going to get a, a, a godfather offer or something that really made sense for them. And uh, my opinion throughout the trade deadline and now has been the Jazz don't have that many tradable assets as you're talking about. Uh, Derek Favors' contract is no longer uh, a waivable. If, uh, if someone trades for Derek Favors, it's most likely going to be a guaranteed $17.5 million this year. Uh, Ricky Rubio's expiring contract is gone. Uh, the Jazz best young assets are young assets are Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, which they're not going to trade. Uh, maybe Joe Ingles if somebody wants a veteran, but he's you know he's going to be 32 or something this year, so that's not really fitting a rebuilding timeline. Uh, Royce O'Neal, which is he's on a great contract, like Royce O'Neal would be somebody, but again you have to match contracts with someone there. Grayson Allen, I don't know, Grayson Allen, does, does he interest the Grizzlies at all? Maybe. I like Royce O'Neal a lot. That would be somebody that I would want back, even more so than Dante Exum at this stage, uh, oh, yeah, and definitely. any potential deal with the Grizzlies. So uh, Royce O'Neal, he's probably the best tradable asset you have, but like you just said, you've got to add money to that. There has to be some sort of contract right. swap 
And I think the Grizzlies are willing to do that, but I don't think they're willing to do it for the 23rd overall pick in the draft. It would take more than that. And as you alluded to, Utah may not be interested in going that far. Uh, so, you, so I, boy, all right. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be Utah GM here, and I'm, you're the Grizzlies GM. So, okay, Royce O'Neal, you put that, that, you know, that's something that you would really want in there. Um, you'd have to add Derek Favors in there to get, you know, close to some money. So that's 19 million. Uh, can I give you Kyle Korver as a, as a bench veteran or somebody that I can even be waived uh, for, for three or for four million off? So, he, he could count for $7 million for a trade. You can waive him. And, you know, so it would be something like Corver, Favors, and Royce. And so the 23rd pick's not going not gonna to sweeten, sweeten the deal enough? No, not for me. If, if you're going to offer that package, there has to be two first-round picks. And I'm not saying that the, the other one has to be unprotected. It could be, you know, a 2021st. That is lottery protected in 2020 and then top eight protected in 2021 or something like that. It becomes two second round picks down the road. I think that right. Utah can set themselves up to be in case somebody gets injured, if Conley falls through the cracks or whatever it might be. Um, you can protect yourself so it's not, you know, a potential number one overall pick situation for Mike Conley. But at the same time, 23 overall isn't enough, especially in this draft. There would have to be another draft pick attached, even if it was protected. So, so now, see, now I'm interested because, you know, Jazz fans, we love Royce O'Neal. Jazz fans, uh, Royce O'Neal is not only on a great contract that, you know, with bird rights, but um, uh, he's an excellent player. And, you know, he, he, he'll never be a star, but um, uh, he's going to be one of those role players that, He's kind of like Jay Crowder type role player, you know, like, you know, he gets, he gets. And what I, and what I think your listeners need to understand, I agree with everything you just said. Mike Conley is a star in the NBA. He's been with the Memphis Grizzlies his whole career. He's been underappreciated. He's never made an all-star team because of the, the fact that he plays in the same conference as Russell Westbrook and Steph Curry and Chris Paul and, and all these different guys. And that's why he hasn't had the chance as much because he plays with other guys that are just better than him in the golden age of pickles. Any advanced statistic, and Mike Conley is a top 20 to 25 player in the National Basketball Association. So when I say I want Royce O'Neal, it's not like I, I don't think I'm overreaching. I think that it's, you know, a young player in a draft pick should be the minimum for a guy who could compete for an all-star bid could compete in the right situation with better pieces around him for an all NBA team. Like that's not a stretch when it comes to Mike Conley. It's unlikely, but it's not like it's, it's crazy to say that he is worth what we're asking for here. Um, I'm not asking for three first round picks like Anthony Davis might get, but I think 23 overall in a lottery protected first in 2020, that seems like fair value for Mike Conley, given what he can do production wise and given how he could fit so well in Utah, especially alongside Donovan Mitchell. So I, I, I just want to remind your listeners or educate them if they don't know, Mike Conley is not overpaid. Mike Conley took advantage of a situation in the summer of 2016 where he had a chance to make money, and he did, and he took advantage of it. And that, but that doesn't mean that he's overpaid. He was – worth every cent to the Grizzlies in terms of his production, in terms of his fit in the locker room. He's a leader. 
He won't cause any problems personality-wise with anybody. He's up for every NBA community assist award, man of the year, all those kinds of things. He's never been called for a technical foul. That's a crazy but true stat in, in his entire NBA career. He's never been called for a technical foul. He's just a stand-up guy who can play the game of basketball at a very high level. I think he would fit in quite nicely in Utah. And sometimes when you want players the caliber of Mike Conley, you got to give up some assets. And I think yeah. the Jazz, if they want to, it's going to come down to if you don't have enough young assets, you're going to have to cough up draft picks. And if you're a team like Miami, if you want to give up fewer picks, you're going to have to cough up a Justice Winslow, you know, a better young prospect. Like that's right. That's going to be the cost in order to get somebody that can potentially put you over the top from a first-round exit to a second-round competitor, from a second-round competitor to at least a conference or Western Conference final competitor. You know, Conley has that capacity. I mean, we're seeing with Marcus Gasol right now in Toronto, and Mark isn't as good as Mike Conley right now. Mike Conley is a superior basketball player, so that type of player is going to be available. It's going to come down to who's going to be willing to pay up to get it. Yeah. And that's, uh, that is the the long and short of it. You said it well. The the Jazz have don't have that many young, tradable assets that are enticing to teams that are, you know, if you're going to trade one of your franchise players away, you need one to two young, tradable assets. And so, I don't know. You know what? Let's just have this. If the if uh, the offseason goes, draft night goes, and uh, you guys don't make a trade for Mike Conley and it starts to dry up, come back to Utah. We'll talk, you know. You know, uh, Justin Zanuck, Dennis Lindsay, and I will be happy to tra- start talking uh, Mike Conley trades for you. <laughs> Sounds good. I think that's a, a good idea. We can always come back to it. Yeah. So uh, I got uh, – let's uh, talk – the Grizzlies coaching search real quick because there are two interesting, interesting names in the coaching search that popped up that uh, had ties to the Jazz. First is a former assistant coach, former Suns coach, Igor Kokoskov, uh, interviewed a couple weeks ago with the Grizzlies. And it looks like that you guys are going to be or, or have interviewed uh, Alex Jensen as well. Right. Yeah, the Grizzlies have interviewed, I think, publicly they've released seven names, or at least it's been reported that seven names have been interviewed by the Grizzlies. My biggest thing with the coaching search right now, buddy, is the idea that there at least going to be a coaching search. Because this time last year, they had already hired J.B. Dickerstaff, who was the interim head coach. And no disrespect to J.B. Dickerstaff, it sounds like he's a perfectly good man. Uh, There's no evidence that J.B. Dickerstaff is a good NBA head coach. There wasn't when he got the job in Memphis, that he didn't establish himself as a good NBA head coach in his interim period as a Grizzlies head coach. And he didn't do it in his first year. I'm fine with him getting fired. And I wish him the best in Cleveland because, again, it sounds like he's a nice guy. But they never should have just given the job to J.D. Bakerstaff. They're actually going through process. They uh, have interviewed seven people. It's very possible that none of those guys get the job. Uh, It could be a networking thing for a new front office. It could be interviewing for an associate head coach if you want to go for an older, more experienced assistant somebody with more time in the league or a former head coach in general. Obviously, you mentioned Igor. He would fit the bill on that front, although he was just there for a year as well in Phoenix. Um, There are reasons that they are doing what they're doing. I think that they're being patient. They're looking for the right fit. And they also understand that this is an opportunity that you shouldn't get too often to sit down with a bunch of smart basketball people and pick their brains about how they value their roster, how important Jared Jackson Jr. should be moving forward, who they would take with the number two pick, 
you can get a lot of good intel about how your organization is perceived around the NBA through this process. So I think Zachary Kleiman, who's essentially the GM of the Grizzlies, uh, Jason Wexler, who's the president of the organization, runs both the basketball and business side of things. The whole brain trust that they've established there, they're doing a good job doing their due diligence trying to figure out exactly what they're looking for in this next head coach because hopefully this guy's going to be around for a while or this girl if it's Becky Hammond, you know, something like that. This person is going to be the head coach for the foreseeable future and you want them to be able to establish what the culture is going to be, what the identity of Memphis Grizzlies basketball is going to be for the next you know, decade or so during the time period where John Morant and John Jackson Jr. should be leading your franchise. So it's going to be important to make this the right decision. And for that reason, I'm not worried that they don't have a guy in place right now. I want them to take their time. And if it's Alex Jensen, great. If it's Eagle, great. If it's somebody that hasn't even been reported yet, that's fine too. But the process is what matters more than anything. And it seems like they're embracing that this time around, which is a good sign. Right. And um, uh, you know what? That's, uh, let, let's just let's agree that the Grizzlies' coaching search is going better than the Lakers' coach. The coaching search went. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, much more smoothly. All right, Joe. Well, thanks for coming and, and talking uh, a little Grizzlies basketball, a little Mike Conley. I mean, it it is disappointing. It sounds like the Jazz are are probably going to miss out on, on Mike Conley too. I mean, we don't know, but uh, it's something that I've been saying for a while that the Jazz young tradable assets. Uh, caches. That's not great. Um, but do you have anything in the works that uh, you want people to go to go check out? Yeah, just make sure you're checking us out over at grizzlybearblues.com. Uh, we have a terrific staff who's posting a lot of good stuff on a weekly basis, daily basis. Uh, we're doing our mock draft right now where we have members of our community in the Memphis media uh, act as GMs for teams and they can do trades and that sort of thing. So it's just a fun mock draft event. We're doing draft profiles like everybody's doing. I have a feature up about Marcus All and, and being a Memphian, even though he's in Toronto now. Some stuff about the NBA Finals. Our Parker Fleming did a good job, one of our senior writers, talking about what the Grizzlies can learn from the NBA Finals teams. You know, we usually have two or so workers every day going live over at GBB. So FBN Grizzlies. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Mullinax, M-U-L-L-I-N-A-X. Uh, we have a ton of good stuff going on over at GBB, and uh, we appreciate you coming and checking us out, and I appreciate you having me on the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Again, thank you for coming on and talking uh, basketball. It's, it's, the offseason is really fun, uh, especially like this, you know, for teams that are not the Warriors or the Rockets. Like This is a time for Jazz fans, Grizzly fans, and uh, a bunch of other teams to build up hope for the next season. So uh, thanks for coming on again, and uh, we, you know, I hope to talk to you soon. And uh, good Absolutely. luck, uh, and have 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 a good NBA draft. It's always fun when you have a top, you know, a top pick in the draft. Definitely. Uh, hopefully, we won't have another one for a while because that means the Grizzlies will be good again. But it does make this time of year more interesting. Uh, who knows? Maybe you guys make a really good trade with my colleague and get a pick them, <laughs> uh, a pick that way. You never know. So no, definitely, right. you're exactly right. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. All right, Jer. So yeah, that was a pretty interesting uh, conversation with Joe. Uh, Memphis is very excited about having the number two pick. It could be John Morant. It could be R.J. Barrett. You know, so they they got some options. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was interesting when he talked about we talked about the Jazz trade, and I, I was so mad that Joe and I had this interview planned for like two weeks, and the day that he comes on, 
David Locke um, uh, does on his podcast basically what we talked about in a Mike Conley trade, and it's uh, I don't know, just but yeah. So Joe, <laughs> what was that? He scooped you. I scooped know. You. Gosh, I was, like, I was like, David, you you have a lot going on. Let me have this. Like, let me have this. Anyway, why yeah. So you, um, why didn't you do this interview two days ago or three days ago? Then oh, wait a minute. I have a crap- I have a crappy job, all right. So, uh, anyway, so uh, Joe just saying that. And you I just quit your have, job or crap like that. I know. I, I will be. Uh, anyway, uh, Joe mentioned how, and something that I've mentioned a lot is that I don't, I don't know what tradable assets the Jazz have. I mean, <sighs> you heard Joe say that Derek, Derek Favors is interesting, but really, people want Derek Favors more as a a way to get his money off the books but that's not possible anymore really um i don't understand why more people don't like Derek favors the player like have they not watched him because his ceiling is it, so here's the thing he has a really good floor he has a very good he's a solid role player but he just doesn't have the ceiling because like he you know he, he's not old he's only like 27 years old he's not old yeah. But like his ceiling is kind of limited. Like, you, but he's a starting center. Like, I, I I guarantee you, Golden State would love to have that kind of a player. I mean, he's he's but, a good center. He's really good. Like, he's probably that, top ten, right? But I guess centers are undervalued. That's true. Are are super demand just because a lot of the teams are are playing oh. in ways that don't focus that don't really play to their favorite strength, you know, yeah. Base, you know? And yeah. so, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Derek favorite is a guy that if you could get him for cheap, if you can get Derek favorites for nothing, yeah, you want him, but you don't want to give anything of value to get him back. Like if right. the Jazz cut and somebody had cast face, they'd scoop him up. They'd be like, yeah, yeah, we could use that guy. But if we ask for, a, a lottery pick for Derek Favors. I don't know if we get it just because yeah, that's, no way. That's well, how, how he doesn't have a lot of years on his contract. And yeah, no lottery pick. No, it's not, it's not even the years thing. It's just that, you know, a, a, you, you don't want to a, give up. A pick that. in the twenties, maybe. Yeah. But oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately for favors, his game is not suited for 20 ish teams in the NBA or so. So yeah, so yeah, so the Grizzlies are not that interested in uh, favors. Um, they they had a little bit of interest in Exum when uh, when Exum was healthy in the middle of the season. Uh, but did, did you hear what David Locke said? Like why he didn't think Mike Conley was traded? Yeah, because they they wanted to get Gasol off the books, and that Conley was kind of a decoy for getting Gasol off the books. And which is why we heard so much, you know, like noise around Conley, like, hey, you know, Detroit's interested, uh, the Jazz are interested. Conley doesn't want to uh, play for for the yeah. West. So uh, th- there was just a lot of smoke where that was. And uh, as Joe said, the deals that were at the trade deadline are still here at the draft, uh, at the NBA draft, and more. There are a lot more options, like. The Jazz yeah, are now, the Heat are throwing their hats in the ring. Yeah, there's a lot of Heat, the Pacers, uh, maybe the Lakers and the Knicks if they don't get the quote unquote you know two stars they all want to get. Um, 
uh, you know, so there's just a lot more teams available now that that the Jazz have to bid against. Like at the trade deadline, they're bidding against themselves. And I, I, I talked to him like, what are the assets? And he, you know, it's it's Royce O'Neal. It would, have, it would have to be like Royce O'Neal. Baylor, I don't want to give up or, Royce, man. He could start well, for us next year. Hold on a second. Yeah, like so. But is Royce? So he's a starter. All right, I'll give you that. He might be your starting shooting guard. Uh, but okay, if if he's your starting shooting guard, what what is Jazz feeling next year? Second round again? Um, probably. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what is it, your ceiling? It, uh, with- Mike Conley and no bench. I think <laughs> because we're giving up all, all the assets we have to get Mike Conley, and we don't have any money left because we have Mike Conley. Because I mean, I think we overvalue having a deep bench a little too much. Like a deep bench. I think no out. bench, not a deep bench. <laughs> we're gonna so, have nothing. Because you, you can still sign minimum players. The Jazz would have the room exception. They would be able to grab another guy or two to help. Like who? Oh, Did you just talk about how we're not a destination. Who's coming here? Who's our Joe Johnson? Well, again, let's. I mean, so that, that's a little doom and gloom there. That we we think that I, I get that some of the big free agents aren't coming, but there are there's gonna be you know like what half the league is a free agent right now, or will be a free know. agent season. Yeah, a lot of, there's a lot of there, free agents. There are. There are a lot of free agents. Some guys are going to have to take minimum money. Maybe maybe Trevor Ariza takes the room exception. I don't know. But uh, again, I have a hard time seeing that. I mean, he's. I mean, he might get the mid level. Again, but then again, are, no. You know, I might have to reconsider that because Trevor Ariza was thinking he was going to have a future in Washington when Ernie Grunfeld was in power. So now that he's fired. That's all up in the air. Maybe Trevor Ariza is available. So, but, but, so I, I guess the point I was trying to make with this is that the Jazz have, besides Donovan, besides Rudy, the Jazz have, uh, as far as things that they can trade that are actually of value, unprotected first round pick and Royce O'Neill. And that's pretty much it. Grayson Allen did not, did not move the needle for, for Joe. Derek favors with uh, yeah maybe like I said like if you, you can get him for cheap you want him if not you're not you're not giving it well he's that. he's a salary filler because honestly you have to be able to match salaries with Conley and Derek favors is your biggest salary on the books that you can trade him and Exxon. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. I, I, but from the Grizzlies' point of view, that's all it is. It's basically just to get salary. Yeah. He's, He's not somebody that's in the long-term or short-term plans for the Grizzlies. Right. So basically, the, when I say asset, it's like something that the Grizzlies would be excited about getting. I, that's and why I think that this Conley thing isn't going to work. I don't think. Oh yeah. The, oh the, yeah. Like for the Jazz yeah. or, or yeah, for from, the Grizzlies. From, yeah, from the interview, it sounds like the Jazz are way behind. So, so it looks like the Jazz right now are going to miss out on Tobias Harris, Campbell Walker. I, I think Mike Conley was their safety net, and now that got taken away. Like that's what I'm saying. Like you know, Chris Paul might be in in the cards. Like maybe. Um, yeah. I honestly think that they're gonna do something that's gonna surprise. Just don't know. Oh yeah, like, because I, I, trust, I trust Dennis. I, I trust Dennis. I trust Justin because they're, they're obviously 
we're doing this podcast and they're in the front office making it yeah you know million, million dollar decisions but For um sure. uh, just, but I, what i guess what i'm trying to do is to prepare jazz fans because there's already a lot of doom and gloom going on um do you remember the twitter poll i put up two weeks ago about jazz free agents oh yeah yeah i do yeah, let me, what happened let me, see if I can find, let me see if i can find it real quick this, uh, we'll take a break here because it takes me a bit to scroll to my timeline. Uh, let's see. Oh, there's that GIF I sent of you uh, with Jake Peralta. Let's see. Where's that poll at? There's Kendrick Perkins. Oh, there it is. Okay. Uh, all right, so this is the Twitter poll I put out uh, May 23rd, so that's about a week ago. I said, Jazz fans, how do you feel the chances are at requiring either Kemba Walker or Tobias Harris? This is right, like right after Kemba Walker made the third uh, All NBA third team, and so uh, the first choice was approximately 99 percent, and that was zero percent. Nobody voted for that. Uh, confident, 75 percent to get one of those two. Um, only 25% of the voters said that was how they felt. Uh, okay. The first is, eh, less than 50-50. So most voters voted for this, 56%. And uh, probably not, like 10% that the Jazz would get either Kemba Walker or Tobias Harris. 19%. So, oh yeah, okay, less than 50-50. Uh, most people were pretty confident. Nah, I don't know, they're optimistic that they could maybe get one right mm-hmm. all right so now uh i actually and today just today i posted the same poll on facebook for uh to a couple of jazz groups so let's uh let's go to this one here um so a lot of us uh so almost the same results uh less than 50 50 was the leader but closely followed by 10 percent, like a lot closer than the other one and a few a few optimistic people holding out that seventy five percent that they'll get one of the guys. Nobody voted for ninety nine percent, obviously. Uh, let's look at the other Facebook group. I guess it's not obvious, but you know. Uh... Did the, so? I I heard some rumors that that there was a Facebook group that wanted us uh, like involved somehow. Uh, let's uh. We can't beat that up yet because I haven't talked to the guy. In, uh, all right, table that is. All right. Oh, so this one. Okay. So, uh, all right. So the second uh, Facebook group, <laughs> they're a lot more pessimistic, <laughs> which makes sense. I guess uh, most of them voted ten percent or uh, chance that they get either t- Tobias or or, or Kemba. Fifty fifty was next with uh, a little bit less than. I, I tried to make it hard for people by saying it was less than fifty fifty. And that got about um, 30% of the vote, or 20%, 25% of the vote. And then about 8% of the vote was confident that they, 75% that they would sign one. So I, I guess the point is that things have changed in just a week, uh, that Tobias Harris and Kemba Walker are looking as further and further options. And as Porter Larson has said, you know, we are probably looking at the trade market to get somebody. So... I, I just don't know who it is. I have no idea who it is. The Jazz are just low on assets. And if you, if what do you think really about cool. this one? What do you think about this one? Goran Dragic. 
Um, okay, so so say the same issues with Mike Conley and Chris Paul, right? The age is up there. He's yep. been injured the last couple of years. Yep. He has a, he's he, he's making a lot of money this year, but then his contract comes off the books. I think at, uh, he's in a better oh. option. A lot of money. No, he's barely making five million more than Rubio. He's nineteen million a year. Oh, that's not too bad, I guess. So you can, you can fit him in. Um, he does add. So it's like if you got Goran Dragic, it's, it wouldn't be like I don't know. The stopgap guard. Yeah. Would he be the third star, or would he be like uh, the best role player you can get? <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's not a third star. No, the thing is, we're, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel at this point. Right. Uh, Drogic is a guy that I, I've been interested in for years, but now that he's up there in age and, you know, some of his – I'm sure he's still a very decent player and would probably help Donovan thrive. If he was uh, healthy, I think I think we would uh, definitely like it. But with his health being so, up in the air – yeah. The, the problem is again, it, it, the Heat are trading away Goran Dragic. Oh mean, yeah, yeah for Cole. Okay, so let, let's make the same trade. Uh, let's, it's not the same trade. Let's say Royce O'Neal and the twenty-third pick for Dragic. Do you do it? Uh, I mean, that's really that's not that much to give up. Yeah. I mean, you're giving up your best role player on the team. And you're giving up a, a, a pretty weak draft pick. Mm, yeah, but... Yeah, see, that's, this, I don't this is like drag it that much. I don't like drag I, it I, I asked a hard, I'm asking the hard questions. You know? I'm going to say no, because I don't like drag it that much. And, and, and Dragic kind of gives you the same ceiling as uh, Royce does, I think. Yeah. You know, second round, yeah. He, oh. doesn't put you in that, he doesn't put you in that Western Conference Finals, the Finals echelon yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm but that's the thing. That, I'm starting to think that we're not going to get there, though. Not this. Year. <laughs> yeah, I, I um, mean, it's not to be, like when I say when I say that, like you know, the ceiling. I'm thinking two or three years. I'm not yeah. thinking just next season. I'm thinking in the next two or three seasons. Does that help you? And right. you know, well, I think like, keeping Royce helps you more in the next two or three seasons than. Trading for Dragic does. I mean, I think Royce is a very solid player at, and he has he has an extremely friendly contract. That that's I think his, you know, I, not to take anything away from Royce, but that's to me is his best asset is that he is cost controlled, bird rights, and only making two million dollars a year for next I think season or two. So, um. That's that's. I mean, I think he initially signed a three-year deal, and this is the third year of his deal. So, yeah. So uh, I mean, it's it, it, plus bird rights, you know. So yeah, plus bird rights. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So I mean, I mean that's Royce is good, but is he that irreplaceable? Can can we not find his skill set somewhere else? I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying that I I don't think I think he. Is more valuable to you long term than a guy like Dragic is. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. But again, we're, we're talking about trying to get over the hump. Try, trying yeah, to find. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, it's over the hump. If if I thought that 
that Royce could help us give, get over the hump by being traded, I, I would. But I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. Uh, I'm just trying to see how the Jazz are going to find that guy to get over. And if it's the trade market, as we talked about, Favors doesn't have that that value. Exxon no longer has that value. You can only you can only give up so many draft picks. I think Exum still has more value than you think. Uh, we, we Joe and I talked about it. I mean, I don't think he has negative value. Well, that's he doesn't fit the Grizzlies at all. They don't need more players who can defend and can't shoot. Their whole team can't shoot. If he doesn't have negative value, I, I I'll give you. He doesn't have negative value. He doesn't have positive value. I think he has zero value. Like again, he he's like favor. I don't know about zero, but okay. Nobody's going out there and saying uh, no. But there are to... still there are still people that are intrigued in Dante Exum, and I've, this is from the mouth of Tony not, Jones. I that's not that many, <laughs> not that many. No, but I'm just saying that that it only takes one. Okay, but what if that what if that one is oh, like Detroit? Okay, well Detroit sends you. I, I'm not sure what. They, okay, right. interesting okay. scenario here. Okay. okay, you want to go big contracts that seem albatrossy and whatnot? What about Blake Griffin on the Jazz? He shot pretty well from three last year. Sure. He's a but, power forward, position of need. He okay. plays He plays point forward. He can pass. He can create. Uh, I'll tell you right now, I, d- I don't think um, uh, XM and Favors are going to get you Blake Griffin. I'm, I'm just saying... No, Detroit. What if Detroit wants to rebuild and wants to get him off the books? So here's the thing about quote unquote getting off the books of somebody. If you have, if you have Conley, you have to have it has to be someone young and intriguing and tradable. Like it has to be something. You have to have a combination of. Uh, That's true. That's true. I, I, I know I they're probably they'd probably be looking to move Drummond first, but I think Drummond. I don't know. Right. I don't think he has much value. I think he has less value than Favors. I think if um, the Jazz go to Detroit and say, hey, Favors and XM and two draft picks for Blake Griffin, they hang up the phone. Yeah, right? probably. I know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. I, I didn't well, say thing. Like, two draft picks. I, we'd have to throw some, like three or four at them or some crap like that. Oh, see, and, that, and that's the problem is that, you know, yeah. with – I know that market team, you can't draft that. You cannot. You can't draft that many draft I know. I know that. I'm just saying. So, I'm trying to come up with creative solutions. I'm not a, a Dennis Lindsay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that's that's the problem is that our creative solutions like, right now are Royce, a couple draft picks, and that's kind of it. Favors for salary reasons. Yeah, the trademark the, is not looking good for us either. I don't know what I'm going to do this offseason. I'm going. Wow. <laughs> You're making me really depressed. Well, that's um, uh, that's what the podcast is for. Oh. So yeah. So this it's, is the depressed Jared podcast now. Are we rebranding this? Right, right. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. So we'll we'll look at it. I mean, again, this is, there's a reason why we're here and not in the front office because, uh, you know. But I I trust the Jazz front office to have something. You know, their plan A's might have been Harris. And Kemba, and if the Jazz even get a meeting with those guys, that should be a positive. It's to win, yeah, yeah, because you know the stigma of Jazz fans can't even talk to these free agents. If they can at least get talk to these free agents, 
that's something. So it's, this is all a long game, folks. It's not. It's never a short game. It's always building for not just next year, not just for next three years, not for just next ten. It's always building and building and building. So, uh, but yeah. So I don't know. The trade market well, again. We've gone probably too long about talking about hypotheticals that don't really uh, matter. Yeah, maybe. But, yeah, I, I guess the main point of me having uh, Joe do that interview with Joe was to see how other teams and fan bases look at our assets, and it was kind of eye-opening. I mean, nothing that surprised me too much, but yeah, I think uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough, but it'll be interesting you to see. Overvalue your own guys. That's how it is. You always overvalue your own guys. That's how it is. That is that is how it is. So. Uh, Jared, um, uh, we have no more commercials. We have no more live reads. Just hit him with your Twitter. Wait, we had commercials on this thing? <laughs> wow. I like, uh, in, I like to add those in afterwards. <laughs> well, I'm just, I was just kidding because it's like you were reading the thing and like the, I think everybody caught on that I was... They caught my tone. They caught my tone. <laughs> Uh, anyways, so my Twitter handle is at go the distance forty nine. Yep, yep, that is it forty nine. And um, uh, again, you can follow me at who trans superman uh, and follow the jazz uh, the high notes page. It's at jazz high notes. Uh, I will drop down those podcoin links so you guys can uh, listen. I mean, I know this podcast went a little bit longer than usual, but guess what? If you listen on podcoin, you would get points. For every minute that you listen, so and a, a bunch of other podcasts are on there too. Like almost anything that's on iTunes is on Podcoin. So, all right, thanks for joining us on hitting the high notes. Uh, we hope to uh, have you guys come back next week, and we'll talk more uh, off season trades, free agency. Drop us a line if you don't agree with what we say. And, and um, uh, again, go ahead, and Jared, sing us. Yeah, yeah, you can. Uh, no, you should. You should fight us. Come on the podcast and fight us. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought you were going to say... I thought, some high notes. Oh, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> mm-hmm.